you're listening to the TheoEd podcast with your host, Janine Warrington. In our backstage episodes, we have conversations with TheoEd staff, partners, and audience members to give you a look at the making of TheoEd. Today, we are joined by the founding director of TheoEd, Ryan Bonfilio. Ryan, thank you for joining us on the podcast. So good to be here, Janine. We're going to go ahead and dive right in. Um, so you're the founding director of TheoEd. You've been involved in all of the events uh, since the first one in 2017, correct? That's right. Yeah, at that point, I was working as a scholar in residence at First Presbyterian Church in Atlanta. Could you tell us what the initial inspiration was for TheoEd Talks? How did you get the idea and how did this speaker series come into being? Yeah, you know, Janine, this is one of those things where I did not set out to invent a new speaker series. I did not set out to invent this thing called TheoEd. It was really, I grew organically out of something that we were already doing at First Presbyterian, but it wasn't quite working the way we hoped. So at that time, back in 2000, this goes back to 2015, 2016, First Presbyterian Church had this wonderful uh, scholar weekend. It was called the Stembler Scholar Weekend, and they would engage with an amazing scholar, Luke Timothy Johnson, Brian Blunt, many others. They would come in for the weekend to Atlanta. They would preach at the 11 a.m. service, and that's the, the smells and bells service at First Pres, uh, sort of the, the big service where everyone is. And then folks would stay after for a luncheon, and then that same scholar would deliver an academic lecture. And this stuff was fabulous, amazing people, great sermons, great lectures. But what we started to notice was that those two forms of delivery, the sermon and the lecture, were great for what they were, but it wasn't reaching a lot of people. Not because the content wasn't good and the ideas weren't compelling, but those two formats uh, did not have sort of the nimbleness and the flexibility to engage a broader audience. Um, they're well-tested. There's things to celebrate both about the sermon and the lecture. I do both, and I love both. Uh, but it, in terms of format, it wasn't as accessible and engaging as we hope. So we started this process, Janine, of just thinking, well, what if? What if we reimagined what that scholar did as something other than a sermon and something other than a lecture. And of course, all along in the background was this idea of the TED series uh, that, that billions of people have seen. They had made famous and really um, polished this idea of the short format talk. Big ideas, no notes, no slides, 20 minutes or less. And we started to wonder, what if we sort of borrowed that form and reimagined it as a way to engage Christian audiences and, and as a way to engage topics related to faith and spirituality and scripture and theology. So that's what really, Janine, got the ball rolling in terms of imagining what would then become TheoEd. I actually didn't know that whole history. That's interesting. Um, and I know that that's sometimes even a point of confusion for the speakers we invite of this isn't really an academic lecture and it's not really a sermon. It's something different. That's right. And it's something we work with our speakers on, uh, not because they don't know their subject or aren't gifted speakers, but the genre we have in mind for many of them really is a little bit different. Now, I should say that I have found that the preachers 
are able to more easily adjust to the TED model because I think they're they're used to shorter formats already. A sermon, at least in my tradition, is usually only 15 to 20 minutes, so the time feels right for most preachers. It's harder, Janine, with our academics. I mean, they are amazing and brilliant, but very often, and I'm guilty of this, or I do this as well in my own seminary classes, I mean, we have an hour, we have two hours, we have three hours, and maybe we don't talk the whole time, but this idea of getting it across in 20 minutes that's, that's a heavier lift. Speaking of speakers, we've had audience members ask, how do we decide who our speakers are going to be? Each event has very different kinds of speakers. We have a wide, diverse array of speakers in our library. How do you find speakers? What do you look for in a speaker? Yeah, I appreciate that question. And it's something I've really wrestled with over the years. Like many things with TheoEd, I uh, we were sort of building the plane as we were flying it, Janine, and that we didn't come in with an exact blueprint of here are the four criteria for a TheoEd speaker. But we have had over the years, I think, some underlying values about what we want for particular events, but also what we want for the archive of TheoEd speakers as a whole. Because that's one thing that's different about TheoEd. We're planning for events, but we always have an eye on this bigger thing that we are doing through TheoEd.com, where all of our speakers. Are, are there and present for people to engage with. So some of those values are we really want to uplift diverse voices. We want our, uh, our speakers to reflect the diversity of audience that we want to engage. And that includes men and women. It includes a range of different theological traditions, both in terms of uh, denominations, but also, um, and I don't love these terms, but progressive and liberal or mainline and evangelical, we really want to create space for different theological voices from different traditions. And then also um, racially, too, and in terms of culture and background, we really want to create as much diversity as possible. Now, it's not always easy to do that in any single event. We only have four speakers, after all, so you can only uh, create so much diversity with four speakers. But for the whole archive, we have much more flexibility to sculpt that uh, that diversity in a way that uplifts our value and then also engages the audience we want to engage. Beyond that, uh, there's other uh, things that we keep in mind. We try to keep a balance between engaging with nationally known names, whether it's people like Shane Claiborne or Austin Channing Brown, with then kind of what we call local talent, people who might not be known beyond the particular neighborhood or city that we're in, but we think who has a perspective and idea that should be known at a more national level. Uh, Liz Clayson Kelly from Charlotte was a great example of that. Probably not many of our audience knew of her, but her talk about um, community building and charity and nonprofit work was amazing. And I hope that it gives her and others like her a platform uh, to speak. And then the other thing I'll name, Janine, is that uh, we, we try to have a blend of uh, people who really come more from an academic side of things and then people who come more from a community or church side of things. Uh, there's a blend and many of our speakers have a foot in both of those worlds and we love that, but we're trying to make sure that this is not only academic voices, uh, but that there are other voices as well 
that engage uh, in this process. Um, and now the cool thing, Janine, is that for the first time ever, we're inviting our audiences to nominate speakers. So if you go onto our website, theoed.com, you'll see that there's a link there now. If you have someone in mind that you would love for us to engage with, maybe you've heard them at a TED event or you know them from church or the academy, please let us know. We would love your ideas and we would love to pursue some of the suggestions that our audience offers us. And those suggestions can be submitted at our website, theoed.com. Um, and I believe it's on any of the pages on that website. If you scroll to the bottom, there's a place you can submit those ideas. Um, so you've touched on a couple of Theoed's key values in all of that that you had to say about speakers. Obviously, the diversity you really hammered on. We try to have a wide range of speakers from different backgrounds and different uh, occupations or different vocations. Um, also accessibility you touched on, which is I think mm -hmm. related to wanting speakers from the academy and from outside the academy and um, people that our diverse audience can connect to in different ways. Um, we have a couple of other values that guide the work that we do at Theoed. One of those is curiosity. Uh, so we seek to mm -hmm. cultivate a community of curious souls who are empowered to seek deeper understanding regardless of where they are in their journey of faith. Um, some people who are coming to Theoed Talks maybe have a master's in divinity or have been a pastor for a very long time or are really engaged in their religious journey. Others maybe aren't that engaged, but they're curious to learn from the speakers that we're bringing. Uh, what would you say to our listeners who want to engage their curiosity and seek deeper understanding uh, in their faith journey, but they don't really know where to start? Yeah, I'm, I, this is really one of the values that resonates most deeply with me, this idea of curiosity. I, I think somewhere along the line, Janine, I started describing the audience of Theoed as students, pastors, and so on and so forth, Sunday school attenders. And then I always end with, and those who are just curious about faith, because we really want this to be a place where people come with questions where people come with interest in spirituality, um, and maybe they're not firmly rooted in a church tradition. Maybe they didn't grow up a Christian. Maybe they don't identify as Christian at all, but they have these questions about the world, about theology, about scripture, and how it all works together. If that's you, that that's our audience. That's who we want to engage. And I would say to that, Janine, that in my view, curiosity is a spiritual value in its own right. Um, I might even say, from a Christian perspective, it's a, it's a Christian value and virtue in its own right. To be curious, to ask questions, to wrestle, and to wonder. These are not signs of, of a lack of faith or signs of, of doubt, but this, this scripture and theology affirm that very way of being in the world where one questions and wonders and, and even doubts certain things. So if that's you, if that's how one is feeling, know that that is a deeply held sign of spirituality. Um, the other thing is th that I would say that curiosity, to kind of cultivate curiosity, we have to have an openness to shut out the voice inside of us that sometimes tells us um, that's not a good question or everyone else knows this. You're the only one who doesn't know this. I think curiosity, as best as possible, says no to those inner voices and embraces the wondering that comes from questions, knowing that if you're asking this question and if you're wrestling with this issue, chances are 
the people right next to you at Theoed are wondering the same thing, whether they have a Master of Divinity, whether they are a pastor for 15 years, or whether they are new to Christianity. Uh, it's so often the case that these questions that come up uh, about God and spirituality and justice and so many other things are ones that really transcend not only ages and demographics, but also our vocations. And we bring all of those questions with us into an event like this. So it might feel like with a speaker series like this, where we're bringing in what might be considered experts in their field to stand on a stage and talk to the audience, curious audience members might not know how to engage with that community of curious souls. What would you say to people who attend TheoEd Talks or who watch the talks online or who are listening to this podcast, how can they engage with our community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the first thing that comes to mind, Janine, is don't do it alone. Um, and that's not a, a, a cloaked marketing campaign to get people to bring their friends with them to TheoEd so we can sell more tickets. What I mean is that ask these questions, engage with this content in communities where you feel that you have belonging, whether that's a book club, it could be a Sunday school class, uh, it, it could be anything, right? But a asking questions and being curious in community, I think is the, the richest form of curiosity because then we bump into other people's questions, we bump into other people's insights, and then we don't just have an opportunity to learn from the so-called sage on the stage, but then even more so, we're learning from one another as we question and wonder and examine these ideas more deeply. And so one could do that by simply going to a Theoed event with a group, and we've had different groups do that. But we're also beginning to build out resources on Theoed.com that encourages community engagement. And so a number of them are the discussion guides that we provide for each of our Theoed talks. So if you've heard a talk but want to process it with others, and dig a little bit deeper into it, you can download for free our discussion guides. Uh, through your help, Janine, we've developed uh, playlists and a number of other resources that enable you to connect different TheoEd talks together that maybe weren't originally paired together or even from the same event, but are picking up on similar themes. And so those playlists are a way to think more deeply across events uh, about a particular topic. And I think in those ways, um, curiosity gets drawn out Right? It becomes not just a one-off question, but becomes um, a, a, a way of journeying with these ideas and creating a, a more of a sustained story around the questions that we're asking and the ideas that we're engaging. One other value that guides our work at TheoEd is innovation. How have you seen TheoEd grow or evolve in surprising ways, and how might you like to see it evolve more in the future? Yeah, here I'll go back to that metaphor of building the plane as you fly it. You know, in our team, and you've probably heard this, Janine, there's a number of times where we have said to one another, if we knew this back in 2017, you know, how much easier it would have been. And we kind of joke about that, and certainly we have learned a ton of things on the way that had we known back then would have made a difference, but that's part of the creative process, mm -hmm. uh, that we had to start this series figure out what worked, figure out what didn't work, and then make these changes along the way, even as we continue to conduct the series. Um, one of our things that our team talks about a lot is embracing failure. Now, of course, we, we want to be successful. We want to do a great job. But innovation inevitably involves failure. In fact, 
I think you can't innovate without failing. It's through those failures and then the reflection upon it, that's when clarity comes in. That's when you have those aha moments and you can see why something worked and why something didn't work. And almost every new thing we've discovered and done in TheoEd, from the website to the study guides to even how we do specific events, it has been born out of trial and error, of noticing what works, what doesn't work, and learning along the way. And so I, can, I, I hope that that process and expect that that process will continue in TheoEd. It's one of the reasons why uh, in our team we talk about the importance of strategic thinking not necessarily strategic planning. I love to plan uh, and I love to build, uh, build plans strategically, but what we really need is, the, is that adaptability, the adaptive thinking and changing to diverse circumstances. We started TheoEd in 2017 when we had no idea that there would be a pandemic, when uh, we had no idea where the church was headed, or at least I should say the church has changed a lot since we first began this series. So that commitment to adaptability and strategic thinking, I think is the engine that drives TheoEd, but I think it's also the engine that drives all innovation. So I don't know exactly where TheoEd will be in five years, but I'm really excited to find out, and I'm really excited about the process that will get us from where we are to that point. I echo that excitement. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun getting there, and it'll be very exciting to see what we come up with. And speaking of fun, I wanna close with one final question. Uh, having been part of the TheoEd team for a few years now, I know that we can have a lot of fun behind the scenes. We have a great team. We love to laugh. Um, we love to embrace mistakes, as you said. Can you share a story with our listeners about an unexpected or fun behind the scenes TheoEd experience that you've had? <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, two come to oh, actually many come to mind, but I want to share two quick ones, both from the first ever TheoEd event. Um, and, you know, there's all of these nerves as we went into this first TheoEd event. And I tried so hard to work out every possible detail from the promotions to the day of schedule, run of show, all this stuff. And yet we were thwarted by two things. First was one of our TheoEd letters. You know, we have these big letters that are always in the background. And we loved our letters. They looked beautiful. The E, uh, uh, the first E, the lowercase E in Theo, um, it would not stay in place the first time that we set up uh, the letters and it was just right before the show we were cutting it really close all the letters looked beautiful and the e kept toppling over and so i thought i literally thought in that moment like okay we've done all this planning we've done all of this money and this e is going to fall over in the middle of our first show um so in that moment there was frustration uh, a lot of laughter a lot of trial and error we eventually made this little uh cardboard uh duck taped uh, wedge that kept the E standing up. We think no one could see it from the audience, but behind the scenes, we had it. And then we, ke we kept storing that little wedge for the next five Theo Eds because that was the solution to that problem and kept using it. Um, the other thing that happened quickly in that first event is, you know, we had this signature blue carpet. It was a different blue carpet back then, but we still had this circular blue carpet where we asked our speakers to stay uh, stay in. And that was for the purpose of the video shoot that we wanted. And one of our speakers in the first event, uh, Greg Ellison, who's an amazing dynamic speaker, I know that he moves around a lot when he speaks. <clears throat> so I had to coach Greg a lot on, okay, you have to stay in the circle. You have to stay in the circle. It almost became a joke that, that he was like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, sure enough, during his talk, 
Greg stayed in that blue circle. But like Greg, he was still so animated. And apparently we had not fastened the carpet down to the stage properly. So while Greg stayed in the blue circle, by the time Greg was done, literally, Janine, the blue circle had moved eight feet to the right. And so Greg was now no longer in the shot, but he faithfully was still in the center of the, cir uh, of the circle. So I, that's one of those moments where you just laugh. And then we developed. Then after that, we started to nail the carpet to the stage <laughs> so that the carpet wouldn't move. So th there are ton of ton of other moments, but they're some of my personal favorite because they come from the beginning. If you have watched Dr. Ellison's talk, that makes perfect sense. It is a very animated, very engaging talk. So um, I did not know that story, but I'm very yeah. entertained by it. Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to just let our listeners know that if you're listening to this podcast on its release date, September 15th, then you can come and experience TheoEd Talks live in person for yourself this weekend. TheoEd Atlanta takes place this Sunday, September 18th at 5 p.m. at Center Stage in Midtown. You can find more details about that at our website. You can go to theoed.com attend to find details about that event. And if you're not in the Atlanta area or you can't make it to the event for whatever reason, follow our podcast here. We'll be sharing the audio from those talks uh, at our live event here in the coming months so you can still get all of that great content. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk with you. It was great to talk with you too, Jeanine. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation. Tag us in your questions about TheoEd on social media, and we may answer your questions in a future episode. You can find us on Instagram at TheoEdTalks or on Twitter at TheoEd.